Thank you for listening to the South Metro Ministries podcast. We hope it's been a blessing to you wherever you are. For more information about South Metro Ministries, please visit smmcog.com. Let us look to the word of the Lord together. Sing a love song to Jesus, and that's what you've done. Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 17. Last Sunday I told you, as we've announced before, that we would be beginning a season of prayer and fasting, calling on the Lord this week. Most particular focus would be today, this evening, through Wednesday evening, as far as a time of concentrated prayer and fasting. Jesus, in his most urgent hour of need, and it may come to your mind, uh, did Jesus ever have a time of need? His most urgent hour of need was prior to his arrest while in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he took his disciples to pray, anticipating his arrest. After having had the Passover meal with them, after breaking bread, after instituting what we know as the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, the bread, the juice, after having done that and girding his waist with a towel and asking for a basin of water and washing every one of the disciples' feet, he took them, perhaps late in the night, perhaps near midnight, to the Mount of Olives, the Garden of Gethsemane. And he asked them to pray for him. All the other times, they received his prayers. But I don't know of another time where Jesus said, pray for me. I may know that, that sometimes you're strong, but sometimes you just need somebody else to pray for you. And he took three of his closest disciples... He put the other, others at a certain place, a distance of a place of prayer. Because by this time, Judas is gone. So he has 11. Judas is gone to sell him for 30 pieces of silver. So there's 11 of them. So he takes three and leaves the eight. And he says to the three, come a little closer to where I'm going to be praying. The Bible said he started praying and interceding because this cup of suffering, this cup of Calvary, this cup of, of bearing all of our sins and, and being beaten next door to death and then dying was a cup that he wasn't able to bear on his own and he needed some people to pray. He could have asked the Father that he not drink the cup. But if he did, all of us would be on our way to hell because there'd be no plan of salvation. And he comes back and he's after praying for moments and hours and his, his prayer is so intense until the sweating, his perspiration turns into drops of blood. And he finds his three closest friends fast asleep. And he says, what? Could you not tarry with me one hour? One hour. One hour. I've given you, I've given you the last three and a half years of my ministry. I just want one hour. Could you not tarry? He said, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. And and that's true about me and you a lot of times, isn't it? It'll be true about us in this week of prayer and fasting. We're all about the spirit of it. 
But Jesus said the spirit is, is wonderful, but the flesh, you've got to come under control. And so my, my word to you is in tonight, one hour, six to seven, we're going to be praying here. If you can come, come. Tomorrow night, seven to eight, one hour. Tuesday night, seven to eight, one hour. We're going to have regular worship on Wednesday evening. But if you can come any of these nights for one hour, and if it spills over in an hour and a half, it's God's business. You leave when you have to. Nobody's going to put a clock on you. But, but I want to tell you that we will get answers if we will pray the price. In Matthew 17, there is a true account here. Obviously, it wouldn't be in Scripture if it wasn't this way. Of the power of prayer and fasting. Verse number 14. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear you with you? And Jesus said to the Father, Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. Say amen, church. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, If you have faith as a mustard seed, You will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, And it will move, And nothing will be impossible for you. However, The King James says, And I'm reading from the New King James, The King James says, Albeit, However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Stretch your hands in my direction. Give me 30 seconds of your best prayer. Come on, open your mouth, reach your hands. If you help me, God will help us, and together we'll experience the miracles we need. I thank you for your prayers. Holy Ghost, we want to sit at your feet. We want to lean against you, as the song says, hear your heart beat even right now. Oh, God, we want to crucify our flesh. Somebody say amen. God, we don't want 20% of the church to pray and fast when everybody needs to participate somehow. There's not a person here this morning, and especially me, who cannot stand to be closer to God. There's not a person here this morning who can't stand to have something or things in their life worked on by the Holy Ghost. It's a new year, God. It's only 13 days in the new year. And I believe if we give you the best of the first of the year, you'll give us your best. So, God, I pray that we'll partner with you and each other. In this word, be alive to us. And come alive in our minds and our hearts and spirit. And work on us like nothing else can to make us better. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in his presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in your bulletin this morning, there's an insert that says prayer request or praise report. Every bulletin should have one. There at the Welcome Center at the front entrance, though you'll not be going out there, it's still accessible. And at the atrium, there are prayer slips like this. Every year at the start of the year, I ask you to put your prayer requests on these papers and deposit them in this prayer chest 
right where I am. You may not be able to get to the prayer chest on your exit this morning. Don't worry about it. Just leave these slips of paper at the front office at that table that has the United in the Word books, okay? Wherever you leave them, at, leave them at the Welcome Center, whether on this box or not, we'll put them in there. And beginning today, we'll start praying over your prayer concerns. Pastor, I don't have one of those papers. Make your own. Take out one of your deposit slips and write on the back of it. Take out a blank check and write on the back of it, and we'll fill out the check. And uh, just write it down, okay? You're writing it to the Lord. You're saying, Lord, this is what I need for my marriage, my family, my healing. Can I get an amen? amen. You see, if you, do, if you just kind of, you can't go driving in all directions hoping to get to your destination. You've got to target. Target. Write it down. We'll start praying over it today. I want us to think about this business of drawing near. And I'm going to say to you right up here at the front, the flesh, I said it to you last week, the flesh will always resist discipline. It seemed like anything worth having is going to take discipline. Amen? In any area of our life, if we want to earn higher wages, it may take more training and discipline. But the flesh will resist it. If, if, we want, if we want to be better in our health, and the doctor says you have these symptoms related to heart or cholesterol or sugar diabetes or whatever, but you need to refine and redo your diet, etc., the first thing the flesh will do is resist that. Can I get an amen? And the thing about marriage and building a family, uh, we've got to come into a place where we understand that as husbands and wives, we don't just give 50%. I as a husband give 50, and if she as the wife give 50, we'll have 100% uh, effort for our marriage. No. The thing about a good marriage is, as a husband says, my duty is to give 100%. And a wife says, my duty is to give 100%. And together, if both have that perspective, it takes some discipline, it takes biting your tongue or closing your lips or looking the other way for a little bit or forgiving but if there's discipline there will be healing amen and so what i'm going to say to you this morning about preparing us for this time of prayer and fasting some of your flesh is going to resist but somehow god has tied in this business of prayer and fasting to bring us extra power prayer alone works but god says if you want to give the devil the think about boxing the one-two punch if you want to, your prayer to avail much, combine your prayers with fasting and reading of the Word. Can I get an amen? And, and so I want to prepare you by, by way of that. I want to say to you, and if you give me the first slide, there we go, leave it at that one. R.A. Torrey, uh, evangelist of yesteryear, a powerful man of God, preached under the fire of the Holy Ghost and saw many revivals in his ministry over the years and wrote many powerful books uh, about this business of prayer, says in one of his books, Your growth and mine in the likeness of our Lord Jesus Christ will be in exact proportion to the time and to the heart we put in prayer. Give me an amen, somebody. Think about it. If I want to get closer to God, I've got to put the time and the effort in prayer that it takes to get there. Please hear me. The same is true in the natural. If you want a better education or a better job, you got to invest your heart and your time. And the proportion to which you invest your heart and time in what you're after will determine how close or how far or whether or not you attain it. Can I get an amen? And the point of it is some of us and all of us need a miracle of some kind. 
We may need a miracle of healing in our bodies. We may need a miracle in raising our kids because they're hanging around with the wrong crowd. They're listening to the wrong music. They're, they're, they're doing things that are leading their souls in the wrong way. They may be experimenting with drugs or alcohol or promiscuous in sex. And all that we say to them, they go the other way. It seemed like with the way the devil works in raising kids, the more you as parents say something to them, the more they fight it. And so what I'm saying to you is some of us may need a miracle with our kids lest they go astray. Can I get an amen? We may need a miracle in our finances. We may have had a, a notice of foreclosure. We may be behind in our car payment, our house payment. We need a miracle. I'm saying to you, the miracle you need and the degree of it will manifest itself with how deeply you take time to pray and fast and seek the face of God. Can I get another amen, somebody? You see, I've come to learn and appreciate that godly prayer with fasting releases breakthrough spiritual power. Amen. And I've come to understand that because when Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil after he was baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan, the Bible says Jesus, prior to starting his earthly ministry, entered into a prolonged season of prayer and fasting. Forty days to be exact. Forty days without food and water. Now that's a supernatural kind of fast. That's not a normal fast. It's not the fast I recommend for you. If you're going to do without food and water, you need to make it a a shorter period of time. Two days, three days at most. Because you can't go long without water. You can go longer without food. But Jesus, because of his his own desire to know the will of the Father. And I said to you last week, and I don't want to be redundant. If somebody didn't need to fast and pray, it would be Jesus. Because Jesus could answer his own prayers. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, if you're good enough to answer your own prayers, maybe you don't need to fast. And I don't need to fast either. But the Bible says that Jesus went out and for 40 days fasted and prayed. And while he was there, he was tempted of the devil on three separate occasions. Understand the devil doesn't want you to get your miracle. The devil doesn't want you to have the joy of the Lord. The devil doesn't want your children drug free or out of jail. The devil doesn't want you to have financial liberty where you could give more to God. The devil doesn't want your marriage harmonious. The devil doesn't want you to use your gifts and talents and abilities for God and sing in the choir or worship with the praise team or be involved in ministry or go to the prison or jail or be a preacher or an evangelist. So when you decide to take some time to fast and pray, just like he tried to discourage Jesus, he's going to try to discourage you. Expect at the initial phases of your fast and prayer that the devil is going to show up to discourage you. If you say for the next three days, I'm going to do a partial fast, an absolute fast, or a normal fast, you expect that the devil is going to do his best to discourage that. You see, when we decide we're going to set aside time for prayer, more things will come up that needs to be done than we'd have ever thought possible. Because Satan, you might want to write this down, Satan would rather have you do anything but pray. Why would Satan rather you have to do anything rather than have you pray and read the word? It's because the devil knows the power of prayer. You see, the Bible proclaims that prayer is a force in the universe. That the blessedness of mankind is bound up with prayer 
and the prayer of God's people. Somehow, God has linked up this thing of prayer and fasting so that if we practice these disciplines, it is there that we have the windows of heaven open instead of just the hand of God to us. God has chosen prayer to be the force that moves his heart and his hands. Oh, give me a witness, church. When the people of God pray, things begin to happen that otherwise don't happen. Oh, I feel... (laughs) Prayer is an action verb. It's not a noun. The Bible says when Moses prayed, the Red Sea opened up. The Bible says when Joshua prayed, the sun stood still. And it didn't get dark until the battle was over. When Elijah prayed, fire fell from heaven. Oh, I need some fire. I need some. I, I don't just need fire for you to watch me burn on Sunday. I need fire to have my heart purified and cleansed. The Bible says when Daniel prayed, the lions fell asleep. When Samson prayed, God gave him the power to shake the pagan temple down and destroy the Philistines. The Bible says when Jehoshaphat and the tribe of Judah prayed, God caused their enemies to turn on one another. And they didn't have to raise a sword. They won the battle because they said, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Give the Lord a hand clap. When Peter prayed, God opened up the jail cell and God set him free. The Bible says when Paul and Silas prayed and they sang in the jailhouse that God sent an earthquake and shook the jailhouse and shook off their chains and set them free. Something happens when people pray. You know when Jesus prayed? Most, most many miracles that Jesus prayed before he performed, he prayed over. Before he took five loaves and two fishes, he prayed, broke it and fed 5,000 with 12 baskets left over. And the Bible says when we pray, in Matthew 18 and 19, and don't go there, let me just read, what, what happens when we pray? Jesus said, again I say unto you, That if two of you shall agree on earth touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for my Father which is in heaven. For when... Y'all sometimes just bear with me, okay? Y'all go ahead and let me have a a good time. And if you're envious of me, just say to the Lord, I'll have what he's having. Listen to this. For when two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. What I want you to do in your prayer and fasting is don't just fast and not pray. Because if you're fasting and not praying, all you're doing is dieting. Or starving. And don't you, don't you get carnal here and say, I think I'll fast because I need to lose some weight. It's the hardest way to lose weight. Fasting. 
So don't go fasting to lose weight because when you, when you come up to the end of your fast because you just want to lose weight and you see you have not had no weight change, you get mad at God. It ain't God's fault. When you fast and pray this week, get you a little journal and your Bible. I'm trying to teach you here, okay? I, I got sermons that can make you shout in the whole service, but I ain't here about just shouting. I'm here about after you get through shouting, you know where you're headed and who you're with and who is with you. Get you a little journal. I, I already have 16 things written down that I want God to do this week. And if you're looking at me funny, I'll write your name down as number 17. I, I got some business I got to do with the king. I'm writing it down. I, I'm, I'm dating it. I'm writing it down. I, I got, so you need to get you something. In your, get your Bible, the time you would take for your lunch that you're fasting or the breakfast you're fasting or the dinner. Go in your car if you don't have a break room and a job during lunchtime. Get your Bible, begin to read it and pray and listen to the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? I'm not telling you to just take your Bible and open it randomly, whatever it falls open, to obey that. That ain't always going to work either. Because one man tried that and he opened his Bible and said, I think I'll find out what God is saying. And it said, Judas went and hung himself. <laughs> and he said, well, that ain't going to do that. ain't what God's saying to me. So he opened another place and he said, uh, it said to him, uh, it said, whatever thou doest, doest quickly. <laughs> I mean, no, that ain't God. Okay. Find you some Psalms, some Proverbs. Read the Gospels. Amen. If you were going to eat for 30 minutes, take your Bible, take your journal, find a place to pray, and spend some time with God. And listen! Fasting and prayer is not trying to force the hand of God. Fasting and prayer is focusing our hearts on God. Isn't it amazing how Satan would rather have you do anything but pray? So when you start to fast and pray this week, the phone is going to ring more times. Some of you got a phone assigned to you by your job. Some of you got a phone that's your personal phone. And others, you have a phone at home. And all three of them are going to ring at the same time when it's your time to pray. Can I get a witness? When you start to fast and pray, a list of things to do will pop up in your mind. And you know what I do when a list of things to do start popping up in my mind? I take this journal and I start writing them down. I start my prayer and I say, my goodness, I got to fold those clothes. Because in my house, we share that load of folding the clothes. I think I do it more than she does, but she's not here, and I need to repent. <laughs> she's coming next to I got to return this phone call. I got to pay this bill. I, just write it down and keep praying, and when you finish, go take care of it. Because the devil's job is to try to make you think there's something more important than time with the Lord. You know, when you start to fast and pray, somebody who's as cheap as can be, they stingy, when you fast and pray, they're going to invite you out to eat and say they're going to pay for it. <laughs> You'll get more invitations to dinner like that. You'll get a gift card during your fast and pray. Because the devil has a way of keeping you from the power. When, when, when you f- decide to fast and pray, somebody's going to show up unannounced and you're going to feel like you have to entertain them. When you decide to fast and pray, the children are going to make more demands on you than they ever before. When you decide to fast and pray, some, some kind of breaking news is going to show up on Fox or CNN or ABC that you just got to see. And those are not bad things. But when you start to fast and pray, distractions come. When you decide to fast and pray, you're going to be more unusually tired than anything else. But I'm telling you, you've got to press in. Can I get an amen? amen. You've you got to press in because God is powerful on our behalf. 
And the reason there will be so many distractions is because Satan doesn't want you to find out that God is faithful to his promise. If we will do our part, God will do above what he promised exceedingly, more abundantly, more than we could think or ask. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. The discipline of fasting releases the anointing, the favor, and the blessings of God in our lives. Jensen Franklin is, is a wonderful anointed preacher of God. I quoted him last week. He has wrote, written several books on this discipline of fasting. He and his church begins a 21-day fast every year. They've been doing it for the last maybe seven or eight years. They began it last Sunday uh, on the 6th. And I know several who are doing it with them. Some of you might be. 21-day Daniel fast where they abstain from all sweets and all meats and all, all kinds of different kinds of things that Daniel talks about and just vegetables and fruit. And some are on that journey and that's, that's what you call a partial fast. It could be for three days or ten days. And some of you that are, that are uh, needing to be sensitive to your medical needs, you don't need to go on an absolute fast. You need perhaps to do juice or fruit or such. But listen to me, there is every one of us, if we participate, will be blessed whatever way you can. But Jensen Franklin, he, he talks about in his book about uh, dethroning king stomach. Okay? Let, 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 me, let me move there for the sake of time. He says, it, we all know who king stomach is. Huh? Because when you start to want to fast and pray, it's going to growl more than it growls right now while I'm preaching. Flesh wants to rise up and keep you from the anointing. And, and, and Jensen Franklin, and I, and I recommend his book. It was written in 2008, Fasting. He cited some examples that I thought, Lord, I'm glad you showed me that. Adam and Eve got the whole human race into this sin problem because of King stomach. You know the Bible. You know in Genesis how the Bible says that God created all things and then he created the Garden of Eden and made Adam and Eve in charge of it and told Adam and Eve out of all the fruit trees of the Garden of Eden and no telling perhaps there might have been a hundred or more diversities of fruit trees from which they could eat and be nourished and live forever. Eat any fruit you want to of any tree but the, the tree that is in the middle of the Garden of Eden I forbid you to eat of that tree because in the day you eat of that tree and disobey God then you shall surely die. And from, for some season of time, we don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us, but they, they obeyed the Lord and ate of all the other fruit trees. And every day, God would come down in the garden and walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Can I get an amen? Wouldn't it be wonderful that you had a time with God? I mean, personally, He would show up. I don't know how He showed up, but He showed up and He walked with them and talked with them. And they loved on Him and He loved on them. That might have gone on for many years. That might have gone on for hundreds of years because there was no sin and no time necessary. But the Bible said that devils showed up in the form of a serpent and tempted Eve with a fruit, a forbidden fruit, and said to Eve, God knows that in the day you 
eat of it, you shall not surely die. And she, the devil said to Eve that God doesn't want you to be like him and have all wisdom and knowledge. So he's forbidding you to eat of this. And so the Bible said she took Eve, took off the forbidden fruit and ate of it and gave it to Adam. And the moment they ate of the forbidden fruit, the eyes were open and they found out they were naked and it mattered. And they went and found leaves, etc. and covered up their nakedness. And next time God shows up in the garden, they hide from God. Where before, when they were not disobedient, they'd run to God. But they hid from God because they could not dethrone King's stomach. And literally, Adam and Eve ate themselves out of house and home because they were cast out of the garden. Help me preach all. Do it by myself. We got to think about this. Sodom and Gomorrah was notorious for numerous sins. But they were not just notorious for the sin of sexual perversion and homosexuality. Because Ezekiel cites another sin that was common to the people of Sodom and Gomorrah in chapter 16 when he says about them that they were very gluttonous. They were prayerless and they were gluttonous. Give me an amen, somebody. Among their sexual perversions and other sins, God came down and judged them. First giving him a chance to repent. Can I get an amen? And because they could not dethrone King's stomach, they lost favor with God. And the twin cities of Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed by God. You remember Esau and his brother Jacob? You remember that Esau was the firstborn of Isaac and Rebekah? Help me here, somebody. And in Jewish tradition and culture of that day and time, the firstborn male would receive a double portion of the father's blessings of property, livestock, and gems. They'd get a double portion. So because Esau was born first and then Jacob, it was by his birthright to get, before his father's dying, the double portion. He came in one day after hunting. He was a hunter by trade and by practice and lifestyle. And Jacob was a keeper of the field and grain and livestock. He came in one day and was not very successful in his hunting. And he was very hungry. And he came upon Jacob, his brother, preparing a large pot of lentils, stew. Don't get hungry on me now. We're fasting, remember? <laughs> Starting this evening. And he was so hungry, he thought he'd die. And Jacob was so carnal, he thought he'd take advantage of him. Help me preach. I'm doing okay? As long as you're okay with it, Deborah, I'm going on, girl. And Esau, Jacob says, if you give me your birthright, I'll give you all the lentils you can eat. And because he thought, and you see, when you, Brother Frank, Brother Jensen Franklin says this, and I noticed in my practice also in my life, a fear of starvation comes on you before you go on fast and you think you've got to tank up. <laughs> Just makes me wonder, you think Pastor Chad's staying home today trying to eat? A, yeah, okay. <laughs> Pray for me, that's one of the reasons I need to fast. I need to be sanctified. <laughs> you think you're going to starve. Esau thought, I'm going to starve to death if I don't get somebody's. And he gave it up. He cursed the day and he cursed his brother. 
for not dethroning King's stomach. I, I got to hurry. The people of Israel got in the wilderness and God was giving them manna for 40 years. God was sending them bread from heaven. And they wouldn't be satisfied with bread from heaven. For 40 years, because God was giving them the right food, there was no sickness or disease among them. Can I get an amen? And they started fussing. We don't have any meat. We don't have any garlics and leeks and onions and fish like we had in Egypt. And God says, I'll give it to you. You, know, you, want to, you want to let King's stomach rule? I'll send you quails. He sent them quails two and a half feet deep. They ate so much until it started coming out of their mouth. Okay, go ahead. Uh, and they got so sick of it. And, and they were cursed. They, uh, thousands of them died. Thousands of them died because they couldn't say no to the flesh. And I'm saying to you, brothers and sisters, and I, I need to hasten here, but I want you to understand, and as the Holy Spirit gives me this word, if we prefer our carnal appetites, if we prefer our carnal appetites, we may never come into some of the promised lands of God. Did anybody hear me? There are some promised lands that God has for us. There are, there are some places of milk and honey in God that He has for us. There are some treasures that God has my name to and that I don't want to die without getting it. I told Sammy, our prayer director this morning, one of the things I wrote down in this book, I've asked God for a 10-year plan, a new vision for the next 10 years. I'm not planning to die after that. I'm going to ask him for a 20-year plan after that. I got through with that one. Don't look at me like you're trying to size me up for a coffin. Ah, that's right. Yeah. Take me, Mike, to the slide that says a threefold cord is not easily broken. Do you know, in, in, in writing the Proverbs or dictating it for somebody to write, the wise King Solomon talks about the strength and the power of unity. And then how the Bible says two is better than one. And he says a threefold cord is not easily broken, meaning a rope, a strand, twine, large rope. One strand can be broken too easy. Three, threefold cord together, not easily broken. And I came upon something that, that I said I just must share it with the church. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about a pattern of living, and I'm going to hurry here. A pattern of living which he gives to everybody who is a child of God. There's a pattern of living that God has for us. Can I get an amen? amen? And Jesus said in this pattern of living and being a disciple and overcomer, there are three things that every Christian must do. In Matthew 6, Jesus said that every Christian must be a giver. Every Christian must be a prayer or pray. And every Christian should practice fasting. Because in Matthew 6, Jesus didn't say, if you want to give if you want to pray when it's convenient fast but in matthew 6 he said when you give do it this way when you pray do it this way and he even gave us a a, a, a example our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name when you give when you pray and then he says when you fast now, this is a corporate fast, a public fast, so we are announcing it. But most of us will do later on a private fast. And he says, don't blab it everywhere and take a, take, take a high school marching band and let them play here and say, he's fasting. 
Don't walk around with your long face and your hair unkept and your false teeth out and tell people, I'm doing this for God. God help me. Because Jesus said, if you bribe like that and you're giving and you're praying and you're fasting, that's all the reward you're going to get. Threefold cord, not easily broken. Now, now, now think this, okay? Could we be missing our greatest breakthroughs because we fail to fast? Let, let me give you an, uh, this, and I'm going to try to wrap it up with this. Jesus spoke about in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 8 and 20, Jesus spoke about a 30-fold blessing, a 60-fold blessing, and a 100-fold blessing. Now, now it, it takes me then to this, this scripture. A threefold cord is not easily broken. And, and I will say it to you this way. When you pray, you can release a 30-fold return blessing on your life by simply praying. When you pray and you give, praying and giving is two of the strands of the threefold cord. It's quite likely that praying and giving will release to you a 60-fold blessing. Are you following me, church and choir? But Jesus said every Christian, if they're going to be blessed of me and be fruitful, should give and pray and fast. So Jesus is saying, when you give, when you pray and you mix it in with fasting, you move from a 30-fold blessing to a 60-fold blessing, and fasting brings you a 100-fold blessing in return. Can I use you? Come. Come stand with me, Kevin. I wasn't going to do this, but... Kevin, come. Uh. (laughs) Wow. Now I was going to ask him to talk, and he starts crying. So the... (laughs) Before Christmas. Was it right at Christmas? December 11th. Tell him what happened. December 11th. I worked for UPS for 13 years. And I had my first accident December 11th. During the investigation, um, I admitted right away it was my fault. Five days later, they fired me. Shut up. It happened on a Tuesday night, but Melissa was scheduled to be off on a Wednesday already. The day I needed her the most, she was there. The night they called me and told me they fired me, Five minutes later, I hadn't even told Melissa she was coming in from work. I got another call from another driver and said, Hey, look, man, the guys have taken up some money. I got some money to give to you. So now here Tuesday night, I get fired. Wednesday when I need Melissa, she's there. I get a phone call about 7.30 telling me I'm terminated. 7.35, I get a phone call telling me they got some money to give to me. Hallelujah. We made it through all that. We made it through Christmas. We made it. Two of our kids just had a birthday last week. We made it through all that. Last Sunday. Hallelujah. Blessing God. Go ahead. That's all right, Kevin. Well, let me go back a little bit. December 28th, I had an appeal hearing and I got my job back. Uh, Sunday I came into church 
a little bit behind Melissa, and Melissa already had the tithe check wrote out. And I was a little bit aggravated because I kept uh, I'm thinking, we keep going to the well. The yeah. well's going to dry up. Right. Go ahead. But the well never drove up. This past Tuesday, my first day back to work, one of my customers who I've been delivering to for 10 years says, I heard what happened. That's pretty admirable. I said, what did you hear? He said, I heard you told the truth and you got fired. Yeah. And I said, I did. Come on, brother. And uh, <laughs> he lives here in Newton and I work in DeKalb County. He said, he called me Tuesday night and he said, hey, I got halfway home and the Lord told me to call you. Meet me back at the shop. So I met him back in the shop. He gave me a check for $500 Tuesday night. That covered our ties. Hallelujah. And I felt like a jerk because I, I didn't trust God enough to think that the, you're going to make you're going to let the well dry up, Father. But come on, Kevin. The well never ran dry. The, the well still got water in it. I paid our tithes this morning. Yes. I still didn't get a check, but I got a check coming next week, and we're going to be all right. We're going to make yes. it. Yes. Thank you. I love you. Love you too. Thank you. Thank you. Stand, everybody. Give the Lord a standing ovation. Come, praise team. Come, Jen, get ready to lead us. Come on, everybody. Thank God. It may seem like it's over in the natural, but God is still in control. You obey Him anyhow. You pray anyhow. You give anyhow. You love anyhow. You fast anyhow. If you'll do your part, the well will not dry up. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. Bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. Come prayer team and stand all across the front to all the prayer team. Oh, blessed be his name. That was impromptu. I did not even ask his permission until I asked him to come forward. I don't know what your storm is, and I don't know how bad it is for you, but just keep loving Jesus, because the more you seek him, the more you find him. The more you find him, the more you love him. And the more you love him, the more you can lean your head against his chest and hear his heartbeat. So I want you to surrender with me all over this house. Lift up your hands and say, God, whatever you want for me to do, to draw nearer to you, that's what I want to do. Come on. God, whatever you want me to do, fast, pray, give, forgive, I'm, I'm available. Come on, lift up those hands. God, I, right now, God, I repent of letting the flesh and my stomach rule me. Come on. I repent of letting King's stomach rule my life. Oh, start singing it. Go ahead. As they sing, I want you to worship him for a few moments. Oh, blessed be Jesus. Come on. Father, we repent this morning. We turn our hearts over to you. Come on. Father, we turn our families. We turn our children. Come on. Praise him. Oh, God, I want you to wash me clean. I want you to empty us of everything that grieves you. I bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now sing with them. This is you can sing a prayer. This is a prayer and song. And worship with me. Thank you, Holy Spirit.